Hey, just a warning. If you see a bear hanging around USC this weekend, don't be afraid. Be nice. Say fight on. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free and I really do appreciate your support. If you haven't done so yet and you're watching on YouTube, it's really easy to become a free subscriber. Just hit that subscribe button. If you like the episode, hit that thumbs up. And because Locked on USC is at you five times a week, don't forget that bell notification button. That way you don't miss an episode. Now, I'm not talking about some UCLA or Cal Berkeley lost bare soul wandering around aimlessly searching for a miracle around USC's campus. Nope. I'm talking about a six foot four, 300 plus pound bear Alexander. He's taking his visit to USC this weekend. It's been confirmed. I mentioned it on the last couple episodes, but it is confirmed. He will be on campus this weekend. And if Caleb Williams was considered the jewel of the transfer class last year, in year one, uh, this year's transfer class has been bountiful. I mean, huge. And uh, getting a Bear Alexander would, would put this class over the top. It's Look, you're not going to find a, a playmaker who changes the game like a Caleb Williams on defense. I don't think there's a defensive player out there that's switching teams like that. However, Bear Alexander is going to have a huge impact on USC's roster. I know it sounds like I'm jumping the gun. Um, I'm telling you right now, unless he comes out here and just has a miserable time, which is a, this isn't his first time in LA, he's going to be a Trojan. So that's my confidence level. Uh, another one, Cameron Johnson, the offensive lineman for University of Houston. There's been speculation that he's going to be out uh, visiting this weekend as well. Um, I spoke to a couple sources. He's going to be out here this weekend. He's anticipated to be out here this weekend, is how I should put it. Uh, so even though there's been no date announced by Cameron's camp or by Cameron himself, uh, USC is anticipating having both of those big bodies shown around campus, making sure they feel very comfortable. Very, very, very comfortable is how we do it around here. So um, there's a little bit of news for you. It's very possible that by the end of the weekend, USC is going to have two significant needs filled. We know that uh, they lost a couple of offensive linemen. So if they can get Cameron uh, to fill the, fill the hole that Ethan White isn't going to be able to fill, um, and I'll get, I'll follow back up with the Ethan White uh, information here in just a moment. That's a big step because they were they were counting on him. They were also counting on Cortland Ford this season. So who else is visiting? Well, um, he's not visiting this weekend, but he is visiting right after the weekend. Maybe he comes in a day early. Who knows? Uh, Sean Nua offered Emmanuel Akoya uh, as an 
you would pronounce it, I believe you pronounce it the same way you would pronounce Christian Okoye's name, the old Kansas City Chief running back, the Nigerian nightmare. Well, Emmanuel Okoye got his offer from Sean Nua on March 31st. So even though that's what, less than three weeks ago, uh, Emmanuel has already set his USC visit. Quote, yeah, I should be there, USC, on Monday, he told WeRSC.com. Not bad. He is, uh, he's literally one of the, the more intriguing prospects in the uh, 2024 recruiting class. Four-star edge. What makes him so intriguing? Number one, he's, a, he's six foot five, 228 pounds, uh, raw as hell. Uh, he's still learning the game of football. He's, but here's what's so freaky about him. It's got everybody's attention. He has a 45 inch plus vertical jump. And you can add that to his 11 and a half inch standing broad jump. When you're six foot five, 228 pounds, you shouldn't have those types of uh, hops. That's, that's freaky. But how raw is he as far as his football skills? Well, he's played a total of three games of football in his career. So there you go. He grew up in Nigeria. Um, currently, he's with the NFL Academy in the uh, United Kingdom. So he's across the pond learning how to play football. American football. Ironic, huh? Anyway, intriguing prospect. And I, well, just a loose comparison, but... Remember, USC had a guy one time called Wole Patiku, who looked like a freak too, could do a lot of stuff, but really limited with his football skills. So we'll see how this one plays out. Uh, again, a lot of schools are interested, though. Significant interest from, um, and he's getting some early offers from SEC as well as Pac-12 schools. So we'll see. All right, we also got to, uh, the media got to talk with Lincoln Riley one last time before uh, the Basically, he and the staff, well, he can't, but the staff will be hitting the road. They're going into recruiting mode for pretty much the next three months. And so the spring was tied up with a, what, about a 35-minute uh, Zoom call with, with Lincoln Riley. And he pretty much put a bow on spring camp. And what he had to say was, here's some of the topics. I'm going to try and get through this quickly. And, hey, if I have to carry it over to another show, we will. Uh, look. I mentioned Ethan White a moment ago. He confirmed what I told everybody on the previous episode, that Ethan White is no longer transferring to USC. And Riley didn't want to get too far into the weeds, um, but he said, because he wants to allow Ethan White to kind of announce his own news whenever he saw the timing. Uh, but Riley confirmed what I told everybody here on Locked on USC is it's an injury. Quote, I think, unfortunately, there's an injury there that, to the best of my knowledge right now, I think the plan is kind of reevaluating if he's even going to play football further. Uh, there's an injury situation that looks like it's going to prevent him from playing further, and I let him take it from there, end quote. Uh, Riley also confirmed that the staff, uh, when I let everyone here on Lockdown USC know, the staff wasn't really aware that Cortland Ford was getting ready to leave the program. When he said this, Quote, two guys that you expected to be here that now aren't going to be here. Just spoke about Ethan White. That's kind of the nature of the beast now. 
Look, Riley said the Trojans were going to go look at bringing in a guy or two via the transfer portal. So he continued, uh, there's no question uh, adding more bodies. When you lose essentially two older guys that you expected to have on the roster, and then all of a sudden they're not going to be there, that's something that has to be addressed. We're going to try to get that addressed here in the next several weeks. Uh, so it all of a sudden, as I kind of alluded to, the offensive line is a, we'll, we'll label it a mild concern. You lost some veteran leadership that you were anticipated having in the room. It's now all of a sudden it's a younger room. You still got some good pieces, but now you understand why getting Cameron Johnson is so important. It's why getting a, you know, they threw the offer out to Emmanuel Pregnon, uh, the guy from, from Wyoming. Hopefully he comes out. Those are the two guys that USC is really high. And I can also confirm they are going after Matthew Wyckoff, the Texas A&M offensive lineman. As far as Portland Ford, real quick note, uh, he is going to be in Kentucky this weekend on his visit. I'm also hearing he might be heading up to Happy Valley for a visit on this itinerary as well. I'll keep you updated. Um, as far as transfer portal players, this is what Riley said. <clears throat> he he literally reiterated the words that they the, the program is going to value character before talent. There's a balancing act. So he said, quote, we've been very honest with these transfers about what we're building, how we're building it, what we're expecting from this in the end, what these guys are walking into, and knowing what if that doesn't fit what the transfer really wants or is it about. We encourage them not to come here. And has that cost us some guys that we liked their on-field evaluation? Absolutely it has. But we can live with that. We're making that the priority. So again, uh, I, I think I clumsily got through that. Um, what those guys are walking into and knowing that if that doesn't fit what the transfer really wants or is about that, we encourage them not to come here. What that means is if you're coming here for NIL and our guaranteed spot, this isn't the place for you. But again, he said, absolutely, it has, but we can live with that. We're making that the priority. So uh, he continued, what uh, we've just said, if we feel uneasy about someone's character in any way that we're just going to go in a different direction and we've stuck to that, and I think that's helped us. So there you go. That is the official company line on how they go about bringing in transfers. All right. Uh, look, there was a lot that went in, in in our 35 minutes. I'm I'm going to rush through one more thing that he talked about. Um, and I'm going to end it on a positive note. Uh, and I'm going to come back to more Lincoln Riley Maybe not so much in this episode, but in follow-up episodes, because there was a lot going on there. But let's talk about the rush ends real quick, because he was really impressed with what he saw and what he anticipates being available when fall camp starts. Uh, he mentioned the names Sam Green, Jamil Muhammad, and Romello Height specifically. On Green, quote, he was one of the surprises this spring. Not necessarily that he would that he would play well. But we recruited Sam thinking probably would be on the field as a defensive end, three technique, 
and when he came in, we got a chance to obviously see kind of where he was from a body weight standpoint. And you got to really see him athletically. And he ended up being a little bit better fit for us at Rush, which honestly, again, was a little unexpected. On Jamil Muhammad, Jamil really had an impactful spring. He was in the backfield a lot. He's a tough matchup on the edge, and I think will do nothing but continue to improve. But he had he had an impactful spring. And then on Romello Height, obviously we're excited to get Romello back. He's coming off his shoulder surgery with still non-contact all spring for us, but he'll be full go starting the summer. And we've seen this from the uh, first uh, spring around last year of what this guy's capable of. So getting him back was very important. And again, as I mentioned um, before, well, I mentioned earlier that once, well, spring is over, Riley isn't allowed to take uh, trips, but the staff is. So that's their focus. I asked him to talk about, before we hung up with him on Zoom, uh, to talk about the staff's development from year one through spring camp year two. And he said, I think the way we're operating right now as a staff, the way we're communicating, the way we're working together, taking some of the knowledge that we've all gained from last year, you see the value in the continuity right now. I see it on a daily basis. And I'm excited because that's obviously the thought process that transfers over the players, that transfers over to the players. We do a better job with our players, a better job with the program, the players do a better job, and then obviously the product on the field gets better. I think those in here on a daily daily basis can tell the difference. You can tell this year that everything is not brand new, uh, even all of us as a staff, and that the way we are working together, not just the football staff, but even just within the university and the athletic department as a whole. So what does that all mean? Most of us have all been in a relationship, right? Of course. Well, basically he said, look, the honeymoon is over. Everyone is comfortable. We're walking around here in our, in our underwear. We're walking in each other in the bathroom. And, you know, and of course, there's still going to be consequences if you leave the toilet seat up. So everybody knows what to expect. This is what's happening at USC. And with everybody having, being on the same page and, and raising the bar and having a, a comfort level, but also knowing what the expectations are, Lincoln Riley is looking forward to big things in, uh, when fall camp starts, which, by the way, July 27th, not that far away. If you're making Locked on USC your first listen, you're watching this on April 21st. Do the countdown. While you're doing that, hey, make sure um, you head on over to built.com on April, April 22nd because something exciting is, is coming. I don't have all the details yet. However, the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So, mark your calendar and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what the new flavor is. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Oh, by the way, LOCKEDON's NFL Mock Special Draft is here and it's bigger than ever. 
Follow along all 32 teams. First pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience. Only on Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On, NFL Draft, on YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcast. All right. Real quickly. <clears throat> I'm going to blow through uh, a look at the secondary after the spring game. We're going to close out the defense theme of the week. Went over defensive line, did the rush ends, did the linebackers. We're going to bang out the secondary now. I offered my way too early depth chart on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. So don't forget to go check that out if you haven't done so already. What were your thoughts on the secondary play in the spring game? Well, the first drive wasn't the greatest. We'll all agree. Uh, look great if you're on the offense. But... Uh, Riley said on during the Zoom call, he, he really wanted to emphasize it. Those were two really good throws that Caleb made uh, to Brendan Rice and to Mario Williams. Really, really good throws. He said, I thought we missed, uh, when it comes to the secondary, and, and not just the secondary, but open space. Uh, I thought we missed a couple of tackles, especially a couple of the runs that got out. Missed a few tackles that we needed to make, but there were also some really good open field tackles and some really good tackling on display. I'm not going to be too harsh on what I saw because I know they're working hard to get better, what we're allowed to see. Uh, this is what Riley said. Quote, we tackled a lot defensively this spring, even on days that we weren't allowed to go full contact to go to the ground, there was some type of tackling drill every single day of spring, and often more than one. And I thought the results of that were positive, and it's helping us as ball carriers, too. Okay. All right. So, again, while we don't get to see the majority of what they do behind closed doors, uh, Riley said it's been a point of emphasis. So, at this point, you he's earned the benefit of the doubt, and we just hope we're going to see it um, materialize in fall camp as well as during the season. Look, I like the tackling that I saw from the cornerback spots. If we're going to focus on the secondary, look, this is going to be a bigger physical group than we saw last year. Uh, Makai Blackman was great, but uh, this group, Damani Jackson, who might end up replacing him as a starter, is bigger than Makai. Mackay's going to be playing in the NFL this season. He's going to get drafted. So I think um, as far as this group being bigger, I also think the separation between the top four guys, uh, I'm talking about Jacoby Covington, uh, Damani Jackson, Christian Roland Wallace, Sia Wright, is a lot smaller than the gap last year between the two deep. Uh, which is a, is, is hopefully that's going to allow, you know, Alex Grinch and you know Dante Williams to keep those guys fresh and rotate them in. I don't know how often you want to do that because you know once you guys the guys have a rhythm and they're doing their job, you don't want to start yanking guys out. But it allows you to have the confidence to know that if someone gets injured, hey, just plug and play, right? The safeties, I guess the best way to describe them, they're play they're, they're playmakers and they like the ball hawk. But right now. I don't think there's, a, there's not an intimidation factor back there. There was a time when going across the middle meant 
bad things happen to wide receivers, running backs. I mean, Taylor Mays at free safety. Um, then there, you had Kevin Ellison at strong safety. You know, those guys were known as, I don't say headhunters, but really physical, physical safeties. But, the, you know, I, you would think that you could find a balance somewhere that between a, a ball hawker and a, and a Taylor Mays. You know, USC needs to find that Troy Polamalu who can do both. Um, you know, Bryson Shaw, you know, he's been with Grinch, or at least he's known Alex Grinch the longest, uh, between his two stops at Ohio State, where Grinch recruited him, and then, you know, obviously now at USC. So Bryson needs to, he really needs to seize seize the defense, make and, and play mistake-free, uh, be the leader of that group. Otherwise, you know, you got a couple of young guys behind those two who fit the mold of the type of safeties that I'm referring to from the not-too-distant past. Zion Branch, Christian Pierce. They're young, uh, but these guys are they're, they're actually bigger than the stars in the, than, than Bryson and, and, and Kalen Bullock. Zion Branch is there's a big, big, strong safety. And I mean, he is a big, comma, strong, comma, and he plays safety. Um, Christian Pierce is, I want to say he's taller, or at least he's right there with Kalen, but he's got more body mass to him already. And that's Kalen Bullock's Achilles heel. Look, I know... Riley likes what these two freshmen are capable of. So he's spoken about them. He's looking forward to playing them. But he also knows that the Pac-12 is loaded at the quarterback position in 2023. So the Trojan pass defense needs to play better in 2023 as well. Uh, I mean, some of the quarterbacks are going to be playing against. Think about this. Uh, you've got the old Notre Dame quarterback at ASU, Drew Pine. He was good in the game against the Trojans last year, uh, they're going to go up against Jaden Delora, who's going to be a year older at Arizona. You assume their offense is going to be better. Bo Nix is returning uh, for his 18th year. He'll be at Oregon. USC faces them. Michael Penix, Washington's quarterback, is returning. And then when USC travels to Notre Dame, they also are going to play in another good quarterback. You know, uh, they got North Carolina's transfer, Sam Hartman. So again, the safeties, the secondary is going to have to, they made a, a lot of plays last year, creating turnovers, taking the ball away. They need to be more physical. They need to be better tacklers. And then as far as the nickel spot, they just need to get a bigger body at that position as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, someone who can handle that action that takes place closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, hand... The guys they have can handle the slot receivers fine. No, there's no issue there. But the tight end matchup, that's another Achilles heel problem. So uh, I don't think Riley's going to hit the transfer portal for anybody in the secondary. I, I don't think there's, there's nobody out there that's going to make an impact uh, that's going to step in right away and, and play over anybody USC has right now. They got other other positions they need to focus on. 
specifically offensive line, defensive line. And, and if you can find another big time rush end linebacker, I would take a look. Speaking of swooping in, finding something, it's the end of the week. I usually, I'm, I'm going to do my rant right here. And it's about name, image, likeness. This is getting out of control. Um, and it's going to get impossible to stop if, you, if something doesn't happen soon. USC gets accused of tampering left and right by everybody. They're an easy target. I'm going to tell you right now, USC players are being tampered with. Not just USC. A lot of players across the country are being tampered with. Big-time offers are being thrown out. Just know that. This is really prevalent across the board with NIL right now. There's a reason why Ryan Day last year said he needs $13.5 million to keep his roster. Tampering and cash inducements are going to be taking place. This is a struggle for coaching staffs right now. And you're thinking, look, I can hear all those small violins out there playing. If you're a fan of your program, you're not playing a small violin, and neither is your head coach or the coaching staff. You know, they're putting a lot of time and effort and blood and sweat and tears into the recruiting, and they're developing players. And look, I've, I've joked about this, about how USC raided, raids other programs. <clears throat> Players are putting their names on the portal. USC is making contact with them. Whether or not they're throwing around swag bags full of, you know, handwritten notes with, hey, this much money, I, 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 I don't know. I know how USC wants to use their NIL collectors, House of Victory. And Lincoln Riley spoke about that as well. And I'm going to go deeper into that uh, on another episode next week. But right now, <clears throat> USC players are getting hammered. Basketball. I mean, I talked about it. Trey White, why would you leave? You're a starter. You are a Pac-12 all-freshman. You are going to play significant minutes as a true sophomore for USC. Go ahead and tell me that NIL didn't play a role in that. I reached out and spoke to someone um, close with the basketball program. They, didn't expect, they did not see this coming, but they knew it was a risk when they recruited Trey that it could possibly happen. You know, this is going to be his, wherever Trey ends up, it's going to be his sixth school, his sixth school in six years when you combine high school and college. That's a lot of movement. And you got to be wondering, what, what's, why does he have a commitment issues? I'm not faulting the young man. He's doing whatever he feels necessary to, to get himself to the next level. But when you move around that much, and especially at college, when you know programs are looking to make themselves better, and NIL is a big part of the process now. Well, again, basketball, I know it's an issue. I'm not laughing anymore. Uh, and I... Look, it's the nature of the beast right now. However, 
you literally, when you've got collectives and you've got programs saying, hey, I need one or two players, let's pool all of our resources together and uh, let's, let's have our people find their people. There's a reason why you can't do this in professional sports. You can't do this in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. There's significant penalties for this. Somehow, the NCA is going to have to get this figured out. That's a big ask when you're saying the NCA has got to figure something out. But if they don't, you're going to have to separate college football and basketball from the rest of the college experience because it it is right now. It's it's big business now. It's taken professional sports to a whole nother level. Like I said, you can't do this in the NFL. You shouldn't be allowed to do it in college. And in high school, it's a whole other can of worms. All right. That's it for this episode of Locked on USC. We are out of here this week. But again, I, hey, don't forget, Locked on USC, that come at you five times a week. So next week, we're going to stick around. We're going to stay on spring camp. I got a lot of review. The offensive side of the ball, position groups. Probably going to have some uh, good news for you on a couple of transfers at some point next week. So, until then, you know where to find me when I'm not here. Head on over to WeRSC.com. They still got that subscription special, $29.99. Jump on it because recruiting season is getting into high gear. And if I'm not giving you all your information for free in 30 minutes or less here, I'm going to be giving it to you over there. So, until then, everyone, you know what to do.